Well, the off season is we're, we're, we're chugging along at this point. Ron Hextall has not spoken to the media at this point. Um, I would assume if he's going to be on the job for this year, I mean, he'll probably speak tomorrow, Friday, maybe sometime <clears throat> during the weekend. But uh, for today's episode, we're going to get into an article that Josh Trioli wrote. And um, a part of the article that I thought was definitely really interesting, I put it a little bit out. I think Adam Gretz of Pro Hockey Talk put that blurb out. And we're also going to get into you know why the power play needs to be a lot better, what I would like to see from that unit next year, and a couple of other things as well. So we're going to get into that episode right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I just actually wrapped up watching the Carolina-New York game. And, you know, that's what the Rangers get for trying to play prevent defense in the third period. They drop that game one. They go down one game to zero. And, you know, I'm probably going, I'm probably going to sound maybe a little bit salty. I, I do hope that the Rangers kind of get speed bagged here. You know, I, I've gone over that series for the most part. You know, I, I'm still a little bit, I, I guess, just upset because, you know, the, the Penguins played so well and they just they, they could not win this series. But, you know, the Rangers, they, they came out well against Carolina those first two periods. Um, you know, Carolina really had no answer for them. And then the third period came and Rangers took the foot off the gas. Carolina was out shooting them 13 to nothing, I think. And Rangers only had one shot attempt through the first 10 minutes. It looked like they didn't even gain the offensive zone for the entire period. Carolina is able to tie it with about two minutes of Sebastian Ajo and then former Penguin, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Ian Cole gets the winner. So congratulations to Carolina. Congratulations to Ian Cole. I will always have good things to say about him. It's a shame that him and Mike Sullivan did not get along towards the end because I definitely think the Penguins could have used him um, down the stretch here these last couple of years, especially, you know, during the um, the couple of the Jack Johnson years, you know. <laughs> I would have loved to have him in the lineup over Jack Johnson to say the least, but, you know, that's a whole different spiel. Um, but so the big um, thing I want to touch on for this first segment was this article that Josh Joey wrote today. And basically it was about, um, you know, where are the penguins here? Where do the penguins go from here? You know, like what, what's next for them and all this stuff. And, you know, the big thing that this is the big blurb from Josh earlier this season, uh, Fenway sports group, they told Ron Hextall, they wanted to see his vision for the team in writing. Hextall, a creature of habit in the middle of regular season responsibilities, explained that his plan for the Penguins' future was in his head and not easy, easily articulated by the written word. So that is basically like, so say you're back, you're back in like, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, right? You know, you have a math quiz, math teacher, you're in algebra class, whatever. And your teacher's like, okay, you need to show your work on this or I'm not, you're not going to get the answer right. I don't care if you know the answer. And you turn it in, you put the right answer down, you don't show your work, and your teacher's like, oh, well, then no wonder why you got it wrong. I told you to show your work and what you had to do to get to this answer. And this is basically the same exact thing with this with Ron Hextall and Fenway Sports Group. He, he says he has a plan. He, he has it in his head. He doesn't really want to write it down, but Fenway's like, uh, we, we want you to do it. Um, and as Josh says, he was told to write his vision for the Penguins' future anyway. Hex, Hextall respected the ownership's request and provided a written summary painting a viral picture of the Penguins' future on his watch. 
Only the ownership circle knows Hextall's words and his visions. If the Fenway Sports Group is satisfied with it, he will remain as the GM. If not, an already fascinating summer in Pittsburgh could become more tumultuous. So what does the ending mean? Again, if Fenway Sports Group does not uh, approve or run Hextall's plan, they're going to cut him. Or they're, they're just they're going to cut bait with him, and they're going to bring in a brand new general manager that they want. Um, if they do, if they do like the plan, they're going to keep him there, and you know he's going to continue with his duties. But definitely, uh, you know, not the greatest start for the off season for Ron, at least. Um, gonna, well, my TV's on here in the back. I've been watching the Battle of Alberta because it's just it's so much fun. But again, definitely that, that's not the the note you really want to start off on. Um, I don't think, to say the least. Actually, I'm going to turn this off um, as I'm recording this. If I can get it on YouTube. Okay, perfect. There we go. Um, again, not the greatest uh, note there. Um, I think you know you should have just decided to do it the first time. And again, this, this goes off what I talked about on my Tuesday episode. Fenway, you know, they're, they're probably conducting a very thorough review of the organization right now. Top to bottom, players, off-ice personnel, everyone and the organization, because again, you know, they didn't spend $900 million just to sit on their butts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a lot of freaking money that they decided to spend. And they're going to want to make sure that the organization is in the best hands moving forward. They want the best people in charge for everyone. And, you know, that that's the way they see it. And, you know, again, if Ron Hextall is not going to be the guy to lead the Penguins into the future, I'm sure they, have, they will have no problem hiring their own general manager, hiring their own president of hockey operations. There's another member, I think, of the Penguins media today that said that uh, Brian Burke may not be back next year. So that's now two people that have said this. You know, it's, you know, I think this one, I think, was the super genius, of course. I think someone retweeted it on my Twitter timeline. He, he's His track record is eh, spotty. I know I'm, I probably have some Mark Madden fans that listen to the show. You know, I'm not a, definitely not a big fan of him just because of his anti-Geno stuff. But... Um, you know, that's him and Rossi. You know, Rossi went on 93.7 The Fan, and he said, you know, he does not expect Burke back. So, again, that's two people right now saying this. Like, I, you know, I want to see if Josh Yoey reports this. I want to see if Elliot Friedman reports this and some of these other people that, you know, are obviously, you know, some, you know, some Pittsburgh people, some national people, to say the least. Um, but, you know, they, the, the team also has to hire a, you know, a president of the team, not just a president of hockey ops, you know, because David Morehouse, of course, resigned. And, you know, there's still really been not too much on that, I don't think. Um, you know, I think they're probably conducting that internally very quietly. Um, and again, you know, the, the, this just goes with the, with the, with the, what they're doing, of you know, conducting a very thorough review of the organization. So I, I, that said, I would have to think if Brian Burke and Ron Hextall are not going to be the guys moving forward with his, with, with what is it going to be a very pivotal point in this franchise's history? They're going to want to do make that move sooner rather than later. Because again, you know, think about it, you know the draft is coming up soon. Free agency's in a month and a half. Just about you're going to want to start those contract negotiations with Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, maybe Brian Russ, Ricardo, Kellen Rodriguez. You're going to want a GM and a president of hockey ops in place fairly quickly because you know if, say say both of them are not back. You know, then Latang and his agent, they may be negotiating with someone that you know they don't really know that well. So you know, th th they're going to have to make this decision really soon if there is one to be made. Again, you know, they're, right now they're still em they're still employees of the team, both Burke and Hextall. Until they aren't, you know, I'm not going to really speculate too much. But again, you know, I thought it was an interesting point in Josh's article um, that I had to bring up, um, at, le at least that blurb 
um, was intriguing to me. And, you know, a couple other um, spots, uh, parts of the article that I really liked. Um, you know, a, a former Penguins executive told Josh about Sidney Crosby, still one of the best three to four players in the league. He goes, if you don't think that, then you don't understand the sport. He's dear near as great as he ever was. Yes. Um, Sid is still a ridiculous player. You know, I'm not saying any breaking news here or anything, but yes, he, he was still a top three to top four player um, in the league this year. And this was, I thought, also a big thing from Josh's article today. Numerous sources have confirmed to me that members of the Fenway Sports Ownership Group are extremely impressed with Mike Sullivan and they view him as the Penguins coach for the present and the future. That's huge. You know, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure they saw the job that he was doing in the playoffs and I'm sure they see that you know, it was not his fault that they lost to the New York Rangers. You know, Sullivan is one of the, the very best at, you know, this profession other than Barry Tronch and John Cooper. Um, people can argue those over Mike Sullivan. Um, but, you know, th th there are not any other better coaches in this league, I don't think, better than Mike. So those are the main uh, parts of Josh's article that I took away from that. You know, obviously, mainly the Ron Hextall, Brian Burke thing. You know, let me know what you all think is going to happen down the YouTube comments or you, know, you can DM me on social media and all that. You know, do you think that both Burke and Hextall will be back for next season? Or do you think that Fenway Sports Group could be making a change and getting know some fresh blood in there because you know it, it sounds weird because they haven't been here too long but Fenway Sports Group is very big in data and analytics. Brian Burke, bit of an old head. Ron Hextall uses them but probably not as much as some of these other people would you know could that be a little a, a, a big difference maker for you know Fenway and you know Ron and how he wants to construct the team moving forward. I, I think that's going to have to be a big uh, talking point as well. Now, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to the power play and what I want to see going into um, next year. But before I get to that, uh, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business and do-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, channel lamps, mortal oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. You go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts you or cover ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Store Penguins. So, you know, conducting you know some season reviews at this point, let's just let's get to the power play. Um, you know, outside of the goaltending, I think. Well, the, the, obviously, the, you know, the special teams go hand in hand. I'm honestly more disappointed in the power play than I am with the penalty kill. Because, you know, I, I can understand you're, you're giving up some goals to the Rangers uh, special teams, you know, and if it weren't for that even strength goal with 545 left, the Penguins would have won that series. Um, You know, w w even though the PK was not that good. But the power play just had so many instances in this series where they could have taken the game over and they decided not to. I mean, you know, game game five in New York, Five on three for a full two minutes. You barely even get shots on goal. I think there's only two or three shots during that time. You have a five on three for a minute seven in game six, two two game in the second period. <clears throat> excuse me, and you're barely even able to get a shot on goal. That's unacceptable. And you know, I don't think Mike Sullivan is going to fire Todd Reardon. I think Todd is a good coach. You know, Mike Matheson spoke glowingly about him at his exit um, day interview. I think um, you know. Also, I believe in um, Josh's article. Today, if I can find this here, 
Um, let me just make sure. Yeah, yeah. He and he says here, Todd loves Matheson. We all saw the difference working with Todd is made for Mike. He's going to be a monster moving forward. I mean, yeah, I mean, we all saw how great Mike was this year. We, we, you know, the defensemen have made strides under Todd, but the power play it, it regressed this year. And, you know, normally he's known for running a really good power play, you know, did it in Washington for several years. The Penguins had a very good power play when he was first an assistant coach under Mike Sullivan, well, not under Dan Bilesma, excuse me. But this year, um, just not not up to the standards that, you know, I think a lot of Penguins fans, I said just because, you know, there's so much talent on there. I mean, Sidney Crosby, Chris Latang, Jake Gensel, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, I mean, you know, with Russ's out, you could put Ricard Raquel up there. Evan Rodriguez was manning that top spot. Heck, even last year when Jared McCann was a penguin, I mean, he was just absolutely killing it. Um, but this year, you know, I, I did not really think the puck movement was really that good. Um, the zone entries left a lot to be desired. Um, it seemed like the penguins were trying to do a lot of east to west thing and not a lot, uh, not a lot of pucks, you know, on net. To create, you know, traffic in front, you know, havoc and all that to get those high danger chances. I think they a lot of times they were looking to, to for that perfect shot to beat a goaltender. I mean, especially it felt like that to, at times in the series, even though they were peppering Shostorkin quite a bit. I mean, they scored three plus goals in six of the seven games, but when they would get a power play, they were looking for that perfect play. You know, outside of that Heinen goal in game seven on the power play, they had the Brian Rust five on three goal in game one. Um, and I believe they had another second unit goal in this series on um, the, the power play really did not do much. And again, you know, it's just, it's, they're not getting traffic in front. The zone entries are not there. I mean, they're, they're they were committing way too many turnovers. This playoff series against the Rangers. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the Penguins commit that many turnovers on the power play. And, you know, before people come into the comments and tell me, well, a lot of it was Evgeny Malkin. I mean, sure. You know, he did have some turnovers, but you know, Sidney Crosby in game seven, Passed it literally right to a ranger in, in the defensive zone. Springs Tyler Mott for breakaway. Tristan Jari has to bail his butt out, bail their butts out, excuse me, to keep that a three to two game in the third period before Zabinajad tied it with 545 left. It's just, it's careless plays like that, that, you know, it's just, it's not good enough. And I want to see that cut down. I mean, the Penguins, that their first unit this year where they would get too comfortable or try to make a Harlem Globetrotter play, they would just be too careless with the puck. And, you know, there, there were definitely a lot more shorthanded chances that I would like. Again, you know, you, you should not be giving up a lot of chances when you're literally up a man. I mean, they call it a power play for a reason, or you are up a man. You are expected to get at least a lot of zone time, and you most of the time get a goal. Or the Penguins, for whatever reason, the series – they lost that battle badly. The Rangers' penalty kill was honestly not even that good during the regular season. I mean, it was above average, but it was still a unit that could be had. You know, they didn't really have Tyler Mott for a lot of this series. Um, you know, sure they put out some of their best players, but you know, the Penguins, you know, they should have been able to do a lot more damage um, on the main advantage. I, I was, I was someone that was talking about how you know they they should have started with the second unit at times because the first unit just kept screwing up so freaking badly. And just, you know, even in game one, Chris Kreider gets a shorthanded goal. Um, uh, you know, I believe it was in, uh, I think, one of, one of the home games. Uh, one of the three home games, I believe they gave up another shorthanded goal. Um, it, it's just, it, it was not good enough. And, you know, I'm sure Todd Reardon is going to go back to the drawing board and maybe, you know, fine-tune fine -tune his things for the power play. And, you know, I know the unit may look a lot different next year because Crystal Tang may not be back. Again, Malkin potentially might not be back. But, you know, if it does look the same and the Penguins are able to get 
both those players resigned. Um, you know, I, I just want to see more consistency. You know, power plays can really swing the momentum of games. You know, and say the Penguins they, they did score in Game Five. It, it's potentially a completely different game with how they are playing. Um, you guys, the game. You know, the, obviously the, the, the chain reactions are a lot different. You know, Cindy Crosby probably doesn't even get hurt with that. But you know, down the stretch in the playoffs, it wasn't good enough. It needs to be a lot better. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for it to be more consistent. I want better puck movement. I want more shots to the net and st- try, stop trying to go east-west, try to get that perfect play, cut down on the turnovers, these lazy passes. Um, and, you know, I, I also do want to see this. You know, Mike Sullivan, sometimes he only puts his power play up there for 45 to 50 seconds. I don't want the team to, you know, go full Alex Ovechkin over here and have him play for the full minute 50 to two minutes. I think, you know, th- th- that's a little too much in my opinion, but you know, maybe a minute 20 minute 25, then you can put your second unit on there. I, I, I think that's fine. I would like to see um, both Sullivan and Reardon give the first power play some more minutes because um, I think if you're only doing 45 to 50 seconds and maybe they're not getting the zone, you want to change up the, 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 um, the units. I still think that first unit should um, just get, get, um, get, I think at least a little more time on mice. That that's, that's strictly my opinion though. We'll see if Todd decides to change that up. So that concludes this segment on the power play and, you know, why it just, it, it failed them, you know, when they need in the most, it's just, you know, I've, the Penguins have stunk at five on threes for a while. That That's, that's, you know, the, the, the five on fours, those could obviously be better, but the five on threes really have to be better. You know, it looks like the Penguins, it looks like they're down two men when they have a five on three um they only scored one five on three goal in the series and they had numerous instances of having i don't even think the rangers didn't even have a five on three in that in that series that just goes to show how how the penguins just bungled that um so bad still a little more to get to for this episode of the locked on penguins podcast but before i get to that um i love brownies but you know what i love more brownie batter sometimes i eat half the batter just while making the brownies especially you know ashley my girlfriend um she absolutely loves making brownies with me but imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in you're in luck because built has a new creation and this one is better than ever the brownie batter puff you heard me right this puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now on built com with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 70 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All of them are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Build, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy eating it. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. You can go to Build.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, so um, I, I did want to touch on a couple last things um, with Josh's article today because, you know, again, you know, this is this this had a lot of pretty good information on it. Um, and he, he he let everyone know um, about the, about the new Penguins new ownership group. They don't like to rebuild. They have a lot of money and they're prepared to spend it. And again, they like their own people in charge. So again, if the Penguins do have cap space this summer, and say you know, say they don't bring back Evgeny Malkin and Chris Tang, say you know they want to go in a different direction, they want to put more youth in the lineup. Again, 
you know, I want youth in the lineup, but I still want Crosby and Malkin back. I will disagree if they don't both come back. Okay. Let's say that happens. And, you know, say, you know, maybe one of Raquel and Rodriguez don't come back. Say Kapanen, he's gone too. All of a sudden, you do have a lot of cap room to play with where you can bring more player, a lot of some decently high-priced players in to build around Sidney Crosby and Jake Ansel and Mike Matheson and Tristan Jari. Um, I think Fenway Sports Group would spend that money because, again, you know, they didn't, they didn't spend nine hundred million to, you know, I don't think be cheap here. You know, with Liverpool, they spend their money. With the Boston Red Sox, they spend their money. The Red Sox are one of the the, the richest teams in baseball. Now, I will, in, in case people do not know some history with Fenway Sports Group, so the Red Sox had Mookie Betts. For my baseball fans out there, he's one of the best uh, players in the sport, probably top five player in the game. And a couple of years ago, they actually traded him. The ownership group said, you know what, we don't think he's going to be that good. Uh, in his future, and they they got a big package back for him, but it was still a move that was met with some pessimism because he was still in his prime at the time. But the Fenway group, they said, you know what, we're going to go through with this. And you know, a year later, they were in the ALCS. They didn't go to the World Series, but you know, they were only a couple games away from winning that. And you know, the Red Sox right now, they're they're still um, not a they're still not bad on the show. I think they're set up for you know good success, in my opinion. So again, you know, they're not afraid to make moves that I guess some of the fans won't like, and they're also not afraid to spend money to improve the team. So again, again, I'll say this. Say they don't bring back Stanger Evgeny Malkin, I truly do believe they would go out in a free agency and be open and be very willing to spending their money and spending up to the cap. Um, as long as you have Cindy Crosby and Jake Gensel and some of these other core players, you are going to spend to the cap. I know the Penguins have been wanting to create cap space for a while now. I think Elliot Friedman touched on that in his 32 Thoughts blog and his podcast. You know, they, they, they want more cap space moving forward, and you know they, they look like they're going to get it, at least in some capacity, even if um, Malkin and Latang are back. But, you know, they, they still want, you know, some flexibility so they're not, you know, 50000 under the cap or something like that. But, again, Fenway, they, they will have no problem um, spending – up to the cap here, um, to say the least. Um, there's also another thing I found very interesting from Josh here um, was about Brian Dumoulin. Many in the organization are concerned about him going into next year, and that age is playing a factor. Um, the Penguins coach Neff could not believe it. A source close to uh, the Penguins coach Neff said, he's always been so solid that he was not anymore. The coaches had no idea what to make of it. It was shocking. And, you know, this is what happens sometimes when, you get over the age of 30, your body starts to break down more. You're not as young as you used to be. You're not as good as you used to be. And now that contract is starting to look a little bit, eh. um, could that pave the way to PO Joseph coming up full time? He's down in Wilkesbury. He had a pretty good year. He's been knocking on the door for a year or two. I mean, the Penguins, they will have options if they even say, even if they bring Chris Letang back, they will still have an option to move one of their left-handed defensemen to bring PO Joseph up full time. Because again, he's probably ready at this point. I mean, he's had he's shown NHL flashes before. Last year he looked ready. The year before that, he looked ready a little bit. Um, this is a player that I think the, uh, the coaching staff and the management are very high on. So, yeah, I mean, I know the coaches had no idea what to make of it, but at the end of the day, it's just it, his body's starting to break down. He's been banged up a lot more, and you know, he he just he, he may not have it, and you know, maybe that leads to him being traded. Who knows? But, you know, I think it's going to be a very interesting summer for number eight. Um, I would not be surprised 
either way. You know, if, if they bring him back, I won't be surprised because, you know, I think that'll be like a loyalty thing. But if they trade him and bring back like a forward or something like that, um, would not be surprised in the slightest just because, um, I mean, there, there, was, there were some people in the fan base clamoring for him to be scratched versus like someone like Mark Freeman or something like that. And, you know, sure, the play, it didn't – how long am I say this? You know, Matheson Latang was fine in the playoffs, but I still was more comfortable with Dumoulin up there. I know people were telling me, well, you know, you're not really going to you notice it. And, you know, at times I didn't, but other times I did because he, he still is that steadying, calming presence that Latang has always needed throughout his career ever since they started playing together, um, you know, during the 2015-16 season. Um, Josh also uh, talked to sources about John Marino. He said, um, sources told Josh he was frustrating for the coaches. He's a good kid. The coaches like him, but they just wanted to shake him, to snap him out of the funk that he was in for most of the season. They just wanted more from him. And, you know, I think they got their wish in the playoffs outside of that bad play in Game 7. That was some of the finest play I think I've seen from Marino's career. And if he can continue that good play, Going into next season, he will be worth that 4.4 million AAV and much more. I still want to see more offense from him. He only had one freaking goal in, in 80 plus games. It's hard to it's hard to believe that he only had one goal all season. I, I really do not understand that, um, to say the least. But um, if he can bring out more offense, that's great. Obviously, he's going to be known for you know being a defensive defenseman. But you know, I, I still would like to see um, more offense. Uh, from him to say the least. Um, Josh also, you know, confirmed, you know, that Tristan Jari is going to be the man moving forward. Um, you know, ma management decided last year that in August that he was going to be the guy. Um, and the Penguins, he, he, Josh has been told that they believe he is the man moving forward. Um, if they were, you know, Casey DeSmith is UFA, Louis Domingue is UFA. They should go out and get a backup. There's no excuses not to, you know, Casey DeSmith, he's a fine, he's a fine backup goalie that is what he is but you know i still want a 1b goalie to come in here that can take starts away from jari and not have him play on a basically an every game basis because remember you saw when the the canadians went to the final about a year ago right carrie price didn't play as much um down the stretch and again i'm not doing a full tristan jari to carrie price comparison here but you know you saw that he didn't play as much because jake allen's able to take away some starts if the penguins can go out and get a veteran backup to take away some of those It'll make Jari more fresh and hopefully lessens the chance of him getting hurt at the end of the year. So those are my thoughts on some of the other stuff from Josh's article and wanted to touch on the stuff from Fenway and wanted to get to the power play for this episode. So I really appreciate every one of you listening to this one. I will be back with another episode on Thursday. We're going to continue some season reviews. We're going to go into the penalty killing unit and what I'd like to see moving forward for next year. And then, you know, we're going to start going into some uh, player by player uh, season reviews and you know when news is made available when Ron Hextall Brian Burke tweets to the media or if there's a move involving them um, I, I will talk about that on the show so again thank you all so much for listening I hope we all have a wonderful wonderful Wednesday and I will talk with you all on Thursday